Hey, this is Chris Ben from the Veer Union, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. I'm Chris. And today we've got Crispin from the Veer Union. This is a band I saw like 10 years back, and I've been listening to them pretty much ever since. Very good, hard rock, metalish kind of stuff. I know you've got a connection with them as well, right? Absolutely, I do, yeah. I mean, they're from my hometown. So, uh, like, I've recorded their drummer, I can't even tell you how many times. I was looking at photos on Facebook today, actually, of how many times he's in my <laughs> in my studio shop. And um, I've met Crispin a lot of times. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be good to talk with him. But the thing about Crispin is this guy can sing, man. Like, Oh, hell yeah. He is, a, he, is a, he is a true rock vocalist. So, like, when you see them live, he's actually better than he is on the record. Yeah, I got a chance to see them. Well, like I said, I haven't seen him in 10 years, but I saw him at the beginning, and they were great. So I imagine with all this time, he's definitely uh, you know, just gotten better. And they've got a new collection of, uh, or it's, I guess it's actually called Covers Collection or something, and some great cover tunes while they're working on a new studio record, so. Yeah, absolutely. So let's really go ahead and get him on the line and uh, see what he's got to say. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, Crispin, there's my partner, Chris. Chris Crispin. Hello. I've met Chris many times. I'm from Vancouver. What? Uh, what? Yeah, small work. Yeah, I moved, uh, I moved from Vancouver to D.C., so I played a show with you, and you're a drummer for a band called Chickpea. Uh, oh, I met yeah. you when I was working out at Garth Richardson's place. Um, yeah, Great. many times. Yeah, yeah, I've recorded oh, Rick Ricardo like a ton of times. How are you doing, man? No way, that's crazy. Good, man. Good, good, good. Awesome. Yeah, I just missed your show when you guys came through. Uh, you played in Baltimore, I think, a few months ago. And, uh, oh, okay, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I live in D.C. now. Um, so Ricardo was like, "Get get down here, man!" I was like, "Fuck!" Like an hour away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Well, next time yeah. around for sure, definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. How are things going? Really good, man. Really good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to uh, you know have an actual bit of a vacation for on Christmas break there. Um, you know, normally we're we're out on tour in you know basically in winter, but uh, this year we decided to take a little bit of time off, and so it's been it's been nice. That's Sweet. awesome. You guys just put out the new cover song too, I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The cover record. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was weird putting out a record and and you know like it's the first time we put out a record where we haven't actually gone on tour. So uh, it was kind of like, let's put this out and uh, have some fun doing it. And uh, while we're writing our new originals record, it's kind of is our thought process on that. Nice. How far is the new record coming along? Um, there's a lot of ideas, lots and lots of ideas. So super excited about it. I'm actually in the studio as we speak uh, right now, just working on it. Oh, nice. What nice. studio are you guys working at, or are you just working at home? What's up? Are you working, like, in your home studio, or are you working at, like, the armory or the warehouse, or? Oh, yeah, no, no, uh, we don't, we, <laughs> the, the days of going really into uh, the armory, it's like, you know, maybe the track drums, that's about it. <laughs> 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 and, and sometimes, you know, 
So, I mean, sure we could, but there's just no point. I mean, we get the same quality in our own studio, so. Right. And it's way more relaxing. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're not looking at the clock like, holy shit, we've got to get this guitar part done or it's going to cost us another day. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it uh, makes the creative process much, much more enjoyable, for sure. Yeah, are you guys writing as a band for the record, or are you guys writing, um, like, are you writing, or is everyone kind of writing and bringing stuff in? How are you, how are you guys handling that side of the creative part of the record? I mean, it's always been pretty much the same, which is, you know, I start off with the main main ideas of the songs, the structures, and then I then I bring it to you know the next guy, and then once we have an idea, then we bring it to the next guy, and then to the to the point where we have the whole entire band. So everybody puts their, their you know I, I think every single band is a different way of doing it, but essentially I like to try to come up with the the initial song idea first, and then everybody kind of puts their spin on it. Once uh, once we're done, then we all sit back and look at each other and go, "That's finished," and then move on. Nice. <laughs> How did you uh how did you guys pick the songs that made the covers collection? I imagine there's I mean there's a wide variety too from like Bring Me the Horizon all the way to some some nineties like Seattle stuff. Was there a difficulty choosing? Uh, difficult. It was really difficult. Um but at the same time, uh you know, we really wanted to do a covers record that, you know, people I find a lot of people do, you know, they, they're doing covers based on a, a certain purpose. But And uh, for us, the purpose of doing this covers record was to do a bunch of artists that we have been a fan of for, you know, and not necessarily trying to sp- uh, stick to any specific genre. You right. know, um, a good song is a good song. It doesn't matter what genre it's from, and we really wanted to kind of, you know, explain to people. It's like, you know, just because we play in a hard rock slash metal band, if you will, uh, you know, to us, it's like, that's just because people said that that's where we are. <laughs> right. What I mean, it doesn't mean that's what we, all we listen to, you know, right. but, uh, there's always going to be labels and people want to label you a certain way, but we kind of wanted to say, you know what, it's a, a great song is a great song, no matter what genre it is. I couldn't agree with that statement more. And, and I mean, you guys are proving it. Johnny Cash has proved it. So many bands have, have come along and said, you know what? A good song is a good song. So I, I couldn't agree more with that totally. statement. Cool. Um, are you guys planning on any touring in the new year? Yes, absolutely. We're, uh, there's conversations right now. Um, I can't necessarily because nothing's been confirmed yet. And so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, uh, um, I can tell you that sometime June, July, we're kind of looking at uh, heading out on a tour. And uh, if it pans out, I think it's going to be a really good one. That's what I can tell you. Nice. Awesome. Um, one thing, this is kind of from a, Bruce might not get this because it's from a Canadian aspect of things, but um, how has um, Creative BC, that, that whole um, kind of, how the, the government's kind of, helping artists get ahead. How has that helped you guys, or has it helped you in any way? Oh, it definitely has helped. I mean, every every little bit of finance helps, no, no matter which way you look at it. Um, you know, um, let's just put it this way. I mean, w- regardless of um, however you're making a record or, or, or marketing your record, uh, if you can have a, a few extra dollars to 
you know, to help you along the way, it's just going to give you more longevity. So we have been very, very lucky with Creative DC as well as Factor. And yeah. um, I can definitely say that as as a band, it's one of the reasons why we have been able to continue as a band and, uh, um, you know, go through the growing pains of making mistakes and, and then also having successes. Uh, so we're really lucky as a Canadian band to be able to have uh, that access to Canadian government's uh, funding, that is. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I see how it's affected a lot of my friends who work in studios even. You know, it's... it's to me, it, it, when they announced it, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. I wonder how they're going to do this. But now it seems like they've done it in a, in a really, really positive way. They definitely have. I mean, I think that they're also very new at what they're doing, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that they probably made a couple of mistakes when, you know, like when they first came out with, with the, the very first round of funding, they had a few million dollars that they dispersed, and it was they called it first come first serve. And then they realized very early on that just because you're you're putting in an application and you're you're in a band doesn't necessarily mean that you should necessarily give money to those people just because you're in a band because everybody bought free money. Hey, this is great. <laughs> it's not really free money. It's not really free money. What it is 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 if you go and spend X amount of dollars, then they'll also put in some of that money. Also, right. you know, all these bands with millions of dollars are sitting there going, oh, my gosh, uh, we have to spend our own money. Otherwise, this isn't going to work. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think they had a lot of problems. You know, bands have to realize that it's still a business. <laughs> if you're not going to put in your own money, you know, why should they give you any money? You know what I mean? And that's really, you know, there's been, there's been growing pains. Um, but I definitely think they've got it a lot more solidified now. Yeah. And you guys just kind of celebrated the 10-year anniversary of your first release. How, how has the music yeah. business changed you over that course of time? Um, that's a good question. I would definitely say that uh, the entire business has completely changed, and and uh, some for me, ninety eight percent of it for the better. Um, I would definitely say that back in the day, we used to go, "Oh, well, we need a record deal," right. yeah. and nowadays, nowadays it's like that. I've I've been called by by a lot of record companies trying to give us record deals and it's like no thanks I'm not interested you know right. and now I I wake up every single day and I you know I go down to the studio and I start working on 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 music and it's my full time job am I rich no but I am absolutely exactly where I want to be compared to where I was ten years ago ten years ago you know you're chasing chasing a lot of things to try to to get a record deal or try to, to meet up with, you know, some person that can change your life. And nowadays, you could, if you really wanted to, you could just sit in your home studio and make music and make a living. And right. that is a beautiful world, in my personal opinion. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more with that. Bruce? Did you remember? So we were talking about it, and Chris brought it up, but we were talking about before Chris got on the line. I mean, I saw you back. I think that was like 2009 we are talking about that Hinder tour, right? Sometime in there, yeah. 2010. Ten years ago. Yeah, did you ever... Ten years ago, yeah. Was that your first tour, by the way? Uh, no, we had toured a lot before then. But, okay. I mean, that was our first big... You no, know, because that was pretty much uh, an arena tour. The yeah. Tour, so, that was our first arena tour ever. And, uh, yeah, I was still 
such such fond memories. That was uh, that was a great time, and it's crazy because it's just a it's a different world now. You know, so, so it's like getting, uh, I, yeah, getting to arena tours. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. getting to my point though was that. Did you ever imagine that, oh, I don't know, 10 years or whatever, talking 11 years later, you'd still be at this? And, and now the second part to that question, was there like a plan B or was it all in right from then? Um, I, I was lucky. Uh, I was lucky in the fact that, um, don't get me wrong, it was, it was a painful process. I, I've gone through so many ups and downs, uh, you know, as an artist in, in the business. and uh, But it was the day that um, I decided... You know what? I, I I used to work three jobs at the same time trying to have a musical career, and one day I I burnt out so bad. This is like probably I don't know, a mid uh, mid two thousand, and I just said I'm 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 just done. I'm done trying to work these three jobs. I I'll live off dollar pizza. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> right. And that's when I sat down and I said, screw screw having a plan B. This is what I'm going to do no matter what, and. I never really changed my thought process on that. And my life never changed. You know, I just all of a sudden I was like, this is what I'm doing for a career. Whether I have a lot of money or have no money, this is what I'm doing. And it just, just never really changed. And I've been lucky enough to not have to have a plan B. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, the tour looks like it went really well. Like the last time you, you swung through the States, it looked like you guys were playing packed houses all the time. It was awesome. It was awesome. We've been we've been really lucky, man. I mean, uh, it's it's just been a grind, and and uh, but I, we're happy to do the grind because when when we have those successes, it's just like we sit back and we're one of those bands that just sits there and is so thankful that we can still do what we're doing. You know that people still want to hear what we're creating, and uh, that's the real goal now. It's it's a full time job. You know, anybody that thinks oh playing in a band is oh well you just do it because it's fun. It's like, then you've never played the band. <laughs> right. Right. Playing <laughs> right. in a band is the last thing I would think of when I think of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. You know, like, I, I mean, jamming is fun and playing shows are fun, but, like, everything yeah. else that goes around it is, is uh, it's a lot of work. But at the same oh, yeah. time, like you said, but at the same time, like you said, if you're creating and you're doing what you want, then, you know, then it's, it's sort of not a job. It's like, you know, people stuck in the nine to five, they hate it and they're not living. At least you're living and doing what you want to do. And, you know, that creates it not being as much, I don't know, in quote work, I guess. Does that make sense? Uh, oh, yeah. There's no question. There's no question. I mean, life is so much, uh, you know. Uh, the way I always look at it, you know, whenever I'm talking to, uh, you know, a client that, that I'm consulting with or whatever, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just like, if you're doing what you love, then, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it gives you purpose. And if you don't have purpose, you know, there's a lot of people that could be going to a job that they're working nine to five or even nine to nine for that matter. Uh, and they hate what they're doing, but they're making a lot of money. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they have purpose. They're grinding right. it out, looking at their, their their watch every hour, going, "I hate my life." Right. You know, oh, yeah. even though they might be making a lot of money. Um, you know, I feel these even worse are the people that aren't making any money that are working nine to nine that are going, yeah. "Well, I'm not even making enough money to cover my overhead." Right. And I hate my life. You know, you got at least in the music business, uh, if you're not making enough money. Uh, to get by, at least you know that uh, 
you have purpose. You, you feel you feel connected to what you're doing and, and, and happy to be doing it. Right. Absolutely. So I I have a question. How did how did um how did Ricardo end up playing with you guys? Uh, it was funny. Um, the uh, I mean I've been friends with Ricardo for for years, and uh, you know for I don't know probably like fifteen years we've been friends. And right. uh, um, I would say in two thousand twelve, um, we actually were almost neighbors. So he lived like two blocks away from me. Um, I wasn't even sure what I was doing at that time because that was kind of when the band kind of disbanded from the Against the Grain day, so to speak. So Carlo yeah. and I were out and we drank. We went lots. Of, we did lots of drinking at that period of time. And uh, <laughs> um, and funny enough, um, we put out um, our album called Divide the Black Sky in 2012 on an indie label that it was probably the hardest time of my entire life. Uh, every Everything was just falling apart and um, kind of had a couple of other drummers that to kind of fill in over the time. But nobody just kind of felt like they were just exactly the right fit. And then, so I was like, Ricardo, we've known each other for years. I don't know. Do you want to come down and, and do this? And he's like, absolutely. He came down, he auditioned, he went for drinks, and it's like, why haven't we been doing this since kind of like that? And, uh, you know, and he's just been so great. I've got nothing but amazing things to say about him. I, he's just so easy to, to get along with and, and uh, is a great drummer. And uh, it's just, <laughs> let's be honest, drums is my first instrument. And drummers, drummers have a certain kind of thing. They can be the, they're full of pitch and vinegar. And you either get along with them really well, or you don't at all. <laughs> nice. I I couldn't agree more. I recorded Ricardo with son. I know how good he is. He just and he hits those drums like he like he doesn't even want to give him another breath. You know, he just wants to kill him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's uh, he's he's a pleasure for sure. Awesome. Awesome, Chris. You got anything else? I'm good. Chris, you got anything I, else? I do have I I do have one more question. Before we go, how is te- how is technology kind of changing the way that you work uh, with music? You know, for writing purposes. Like, for instance, for me, I I came from a rock background, and now I own a virtual instrument software company. You know, where okay. I'm doing stuff in my basement. How has that technology kind of driven the way that you write and kind of produce music? Uh, I'm just. Let's put it this way: uh, it's changed everything. I wouldn't even say ninety-nine percent. I'm going to say it's changed everything a hundred percent. Because I used to just pick up, and I still do this. I still pick up my acoustic guitar and write songs for my acoustic guitar. Um, and, and every album I've done, if I can't play that song on an acoustic and it doesn't feel right, then it's probably not a great song. So I will always use my acoustic guitar. But that being said, nowadays. Um, you know, I can go and uh, go into whether it's Pro Tools or Cubase, which are the two, you know, um, DAWs that I use mostly. And, yeah. uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you can start with with some kind of synthesizer, uh, outlining some, it can completely changes the atmosphere. But a lot of it, I'm not even using any instruments whatsoever. It might just be all completely electronic to begin with, creating loops and, and you know, it completely changed my songwriting. It completely changed the whole process for me. I mean, the digital world 
as far as my concerns, everything that was a problem before was, uh, you know, everybody was downloading stuff for free and there were people yeah. streaming. There was a whole, there was two or three or four years where it was just lost and everybody's like, how are we going to survive? And now we're kind of coming back. So not only from a creative standpoint, but also as a financial standpoint for, for any artist out there, we're living in the best time ever. Where it could be even five years ago is the worst time ever. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. And we're lucky enough that we stuck through it to see the other side because most bands, they, they didn't know how to, uh, um, to grow with the times. And, and, uh, so, you know, they kind of died and they died out. And I'm just, I'm lucky that that didn't happen to us. That's all I can say. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's why. I started a software company because it helped me as a writer so much, you know, to sit down and just be able to put a song together in your, in your studio or, or in your basement or wherever you're, I mean, on a train or on a plane or wherever you are, it doesn't matter. You can always oh, get something done. And when, when you hit that creative block, sometimes you can find a loop or something that just kind of triggers something that kind of breaks that loop that block. It's pretty amazing times. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, it's almost, in sometimes it, there's, there's so many options that you don't even know where to go next because there's almost too many options. <laughs> <laughs> that was my biggest problem when I got Pro Tools, man. When I got Pro Tools the very first time in like 2000 or whatever, you know, I came from the two-inch tape world and suddenly, yeah. and my mixes were getting better or whatever, and then I got Pro Tools, yeah. and everything just went downhill because I couldn't make a decision. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, know, no. you didn't have to commit, you know. It changed. It really it really taught me how to commit, you know, when, when I'm recording. But. Yeah. I really yeah. You know, I'm going to say this, too, as far as recording goes, is one of the big things that I've noticed is, especially when I'm writing something I think I've got a good idea, the real trick is stepping away from it, going, Spending an hour working on it, leave it for two hours. Come back and go, that sucks. What was I thinking? Or that's amazing. You know, you, the breaks, no different than in a song, the space that you create, that there's not a bunch of stuff going on, is the same way as your creative process of writing a great song. Sometimes you just need to give it enough space, let it breathe for a second, and then you'll know if it's a good idea or not. Because the people that sit there and slave over something for 18 hours, could be wasting their time because they should have probably spent about 18 minutes, not 18 hours. Oh, absolutely. I, I actually do that when I mix, too. You know, I, I only allow yeah. myself to mix in two-hour or three-hour increments, and then I take an hour off. Yeah. And then yeah. I come back. And, like, in the tape days, you, can't, you couldn't do that because it, it was just oh, too expensive, you know? Oh, yeah. But now... You know, I can recall a session I did in 2000 easily and mix yeah. it again if I want yeah. or whatever. So it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing in that way. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, Kristen. Do you have anything else, Chris? I don't. That was a very good conversation. I enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Is there anything else you want us to know about the Vera Union before we let you go? Um, you know, basically just... Uh, uh, the one thing I will say is, uh, if you could check us out at, uh, Instagram.com, right slash the Beer Union, or just at the Beer Union, pretty much at the Beer Union on all our social networks. It's actually the band that does all our own social networking. So if anybody wants to, uh, 
connect with us and find out more about the band, that's the place to go. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.